God, we thank you this morning. We thank you. We thank you for who you are. Who you are. Not who they say you are. But we thank you for who you are. We stand in the strength of a mighty God, creator of heaven and earth. We stand as your children this morning, seeking your face and seeking truth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And all the saints said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. So beautiful to see you all in here this morning. What, what a beautiful thing it is to just walk in truth. I just love it when we're singing those words. You know, he is counselor. He's the prince of peace. He's the mighty God. But do we really believe those words? We sing them. You are mighty God. But we really, is there really a conviction deep down inside of us? Because now more than ever in the history of the world, we need to have a strong conviction about who God is and who we are. Because everything is coming against that. There is an absolute war on truth. How beautiful is that to just just live in truth. There's a peace about it, you know what I mean? There's a peace in just knowing that you're walking in truth. Lies always have an unrest about them. Deception has an unrest about it. Even if you're trying to make truth out of deception like many people are right now, there is still no peace in it. There's no peace in it. There's such a peace about us that walk in truth. And God wants to just get that peace and he wants to just bring it so deep down inside of us, the conviction is so strong inside of us that no matter what goes on around us, we're just walking in peace. We're just walking in truth. We're just walking in the knowledge of who God is and in the knowledge of who we are in him. There's something about knowing, as Jilly said this morning, that you are a son, that you are a daughter of the Most High God. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of it, huh? We're in it, but we're not of it. And we need to start walking more and more like we're strangers on this earth that we're just passing through, that we're basically here to reap in a harvest and live our lives to the fullest. God wants us to enjoy beauty in the midst of turmoil. He wants us to enjoy the beauty that is him, the beauty that of the gifts that he has given us. I mean, I was just thinking this week, it was our anniversary Friday, was it? Friday, 39 years married now. And I, I just was thinking about 39 years of marriage. God, how did you do that? How did you give me this incredible man? Wow. Like, I totally don't deserve the man that God gave me. And then to be told you never have children, and then I've got, like, children and grandchildren and legacy. And, I mean, you just can't stop thanking God for his goodness. And even when things have gone wrong in our lives, God has still been good. In the midst of everything, God is good. 
and we have to know it in the deepest recesses of our mind. You know, there's been a lie since the Garden of Eden, hasn't there? And what is the lie? The key lie that, you know, the father of lies, the sneaking serpent, the whisperer of lies, that's all he can do, really. He has no more power than to spread lies, to bring deception. And his key, the key things that he is after is the image of God, and the image of us made in God's image. That's what he's after. He wants to destroy that. And that's why he went to Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve, and he says, the key lie, did God really say? Did God really say? And that would be the lie that is repeated over and over again in society, in your life, in your mind, in your psyche. That is the key lie that we have to battle with to disperse that lie from our lives, to cleanse ourselves of that lie. Amen? Because since the time you were in your mother's womb and you were born into this world, the enemy has been saying to you, did God really say? Did God really say about who he is and who you are? There's been an assault on your identity because he cannot stand the image of God. And you are made in the very image of God. Amen? Say, I am made in the image of God. I am beautifully and wonderfully made. It's so tough to say that sometimes. Anybody ever feel that? How many lies come into your mind when you try and tell yourself that I am wonderfully and beautifully made? How many lies over the years have come to assault that in you? How many lies have come to assault the fact that God is creator, that God is good. The very nature of God is always being attacked. Hallelujah. But we have to be so strong inside of ourselves. We need to fight back. It's no longer just wishy-washy truth. It's no longer wishy-washy Christian. It's no longer wishy-washy, well, I guess so. I guess God is good. I guess so. You need to know it. We need to have such a conviction inside of us that whenever that question comes to us from whatever sphere it comes from, did God really say, we need to say, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Amen? I know this isn't really a Christmas message, but hallelujah, how much more do we need to know the truth? Merry Christmas. Yes, Callum. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and so we know in Genesis 3.1, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals and the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say? That's the key lie. Did God really say? And so we have to be aware of the narrative. There's a narrative of the story of life. We live in a story, right? It's like a story. The Bible talks about books that are written about our lives, and they're written in a book. 
So we're walking out a story that God has written for us. We're walking it out every day. And, but there's a narrative out there that we need to be aware of that could try and change our story, right? We as Christians believe in moral absolutes. Truth according to the word of God. There's no other truth according to the word of God. The belief that right and wrong are unchanging. Listen to me. The belief that right and wrong are unchanging. How much is the world right now trying to change truth? I was so saddened when I was speaking to some friends of ours who are um, a certain denomination priests. And they're so grieved. What do we do? The bishops that are over us are now telling us that we have to do same-sex marriage, that we have to accept same-sex couples. What do we do? Do we have to leave everything that we've known, that we've grown up in, in our denomination, in our religion? Do we leave the vocation that we have and, and go lone rangers? What are we going to do? They're in a dilemma because suddenly even the church is changing its view of what is right and wrong according to what they think, which is moral relativity. Whatever truth is to you, love is love. Whatever truth is to you, the belief that right and wrong are arbitrary and transitory, determined by the individual and the culture. It's not right. We have to stand in moral absolutes, the truth according to the word of God. We have to believe that right and wrong are unchanging, not determined by the individual or the culture. Amen. So what is truth? Let's unpack it. What is truth? Jesus said to him in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I am the truth. We can't go wrong if we're going through the door of truth that is Jesus and everything that he has said, <clears throat> everything written in red. In fact, the whole word of God is truth. Amen? Because Jesus said, I am the word in flesh. I am the truth. Amen? And so, there is no truth outside of me, Jesus said. I am the good shepherd, and I will lead you into all truth. Follow me. Amen. Hallelujah. John 10, 4-5 says this. When he brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, talking about us, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Yes. Hallelujah. But they will never follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. You know it. You know it deep down inside, as Vicki Simpson would say, I know it in my knower. Deep down inside of you, you know what is right and what is wrong. Because when you are 
even trying to believe something that is wrong, you lose your peace. You lose your sense of true north. You lose that sense of standing in truth. Amen? We don't listen to a stranger's voice. We don't listen to a stranger's voice. We listen to the voice of Jesus. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, there's freedom in truth. People say, well, let's be free. Let's be free in our thinking. Let's be free thinkers. Well, there's no freedom in lies. There's only bondage in deception. True freedom comes from Jesus. True freedom comes from the Word of God, which is unchanging. You know, the standard, of, the standard that we live by is the Word of God. And unfortunately, this standard has been lowered in society. Every time society changes, you know, even the church at large lowers the standard of the Word of God. We cannot, under any circumstances, lower the standard of the Word of God. When the standard was lifted up, the standard was like a flag that was lifted up in war to say that we had victory. The minute we lower the standard, the flag, the standard, we lose. Amen? When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen? Yeah. So just reading about truth or hearing about truth, you know, the Bible says don't be just hearers of the word, be doers of the word. We can read about it. We can hear about it, but it's always going to be processed through this thing up here called a mind. And it's going to be processed through my filter system that has been built in me since I was in my mother's womb. You see? So someone could say truth to me. For instance, they could say to me, oh, Julie, you are so beautiful. It goes through the filter system in my mind that my beauty or my image that is of God has been attacked since I was in my mother's womb to the point where I did not absolutely believe that I was beautiful. Had a real problem with it and still do at times, still have to battle that. Because when things are over and 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 over again reiterated to you, I mean, I, me- I remember being a child and growing up, and there was a person in my world that every day, multiple times a day, would tell me how ugly I was. You are so ugly, no man's ever going to want you. This person would walk behind me when I'm walking to school. You've got such a big butt. No man's ever going to want that butt. You're so ugly. You should see yourself from behind. Man, I have battled with that, you asked Phil, for years and years and years. And I have to literally, continuously say to myself, Jesus, what do you say about that? What do you say about that? Even, even, you know, at the moment, I said to Phil the other day, 
I, I, I'm working hard. I'm doing three, three days a week at the gym, doing it, eating right, you're doing all that, and I still am not happy. And the Lord said to me, Julie, when are you going to stop? When are you just going to accept the fact that you are made in my image and that you're beautiful? And I want you to start speaking it every day. I am beautiful. I am made in the image of God. Amen? And my body is okay. It's perfect. God made me this way. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, it was years before I could even stand in front of a mirror. Ask Phil. He will tell you that. I couldn't even stand in front of a mirror and look at my full image. I just found it disgusting. Isn't it ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous. So, <clears throat> so we don't just get the truth by reading it or hearing it. it. We have to take the truth and we have to make it our own. We have to war with it. There's a war over truth. There was a war over my image. And I had to keep wearing that thing down, wearing it down, wearing it down. But what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn out for good. When Jesus reveals truth, there is no place for deception or lies. It's amazing when Jesus comes to you and he speaks truth to you or you read something in the word and it's like, oh my gosh, and it just jumps out at you and it's like God personally just spoke to me. And my advice is when you get a revelation like that of truth about yourself or about God, write it down. Right. Highlight it. Write it down. You know, speak it out. <clears throat> it's so powerful to be able to speak, speak it out and declare truth. I declare truth right. over myself, over my body, over my life, over my belief systems. Amen. I mean, even just before I got up to preach here, you know, I could hear the whisperings of the enemy going, you're not going to be able to deliver this message. Who do you think you are? You know, you're just so weak. You've been sick for three weeks. You're never going to be able to deliver. And I'm just saying, you know, I'm in the worship. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Devil, it ain't me that's delivering the message. Amen. It's him. Hallelujah. He's truth, not me. He is. <laughs> It's like when we turn on the light when there's darkness. You know, the minute he speaks truth, it's like light goes on. You know, anybody else can tell you the truth and you go, yeah, right. And it's filtered through your own filtering system. You know, I can say, man, you're an amazing mother and, or you're an amazing father or you're an amazing human being. You go, oh, yeah, thanks. And it goes through your filtering system. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm like. You don't know what I'm like when I'm at home. You know, it goes through that whole filtering system where you're just fighting truth all the time. There's layers, isn't there, Phil? It's layers. It's like peeling an onion. Somewhere, I'm in here somewhere, you know. God, you're up there somewhere, you know. Amen. The world around us, and we watch it, it's constantly getting deeper and deeper, evolving into a deeper and deeper deception. And because of the deeper and deeper deception, it is getting darker and darker and, and unrest and wars and rumors of what's it really their their so-called truth or the truth that they anyone can believe their own truth is really getting them in a mess. 
And we're the only ones that can stand for truth in this day. We are the light of the world. Therefore, we must walk in absolute truth. Truth is the deepest recesses of our inner beings, a truth which dictates the narrative of our lives as children of the Most High God. We must fight for truth, take hold of truth, and make it our own. It's just not, oh, the pastor said, or I was watching Benny Hinn and he said, or I listened to a podcast. It has to be taking that truth and You know, in Ezekiel, when God wanted to give Ezekiel truth, he gave him a scroll. And he said to Ezekiel, now eat this scroll and digest it. Let it go down into the innermost part of your being so that you, when you stand before my people, when you bring truth, it's going to be my truth, not truth filtered through your own filter system. Amen? Take hold of the truth and make it your own. Hebrews 10.6 says this, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. God is writing his laws. He's He's renewing our minds. He's changing who we thought we were. He's changing who we thought he was. He's totally Every day, every second of every day, he's coming against the lies and he's bringing truth. He's giving us a transference, writing them on our minds. To love God with all our mind involves taking time to fill my mind with God's word and rightly agreeing with who he is. You know, when the enemy comes at me and, and says, you know, things like, well, where is God now? In this mess, you know, God is with me all the time. Jesus said he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. God, your goodness, your goodness, you are good all the time. Not just sometimes. I pull out scriptures like David. Look at David, the whole Psalms. You know, he has a whinge, he has a whinge, he has a whinge, he has a whinge. And then he goes, but God. You know what I mean? You know, strike them, smite them, cut their ears off, pull their teeth out. Ah! And then he goes, but God, you are magnificent. You are awesome. You know what I mean? We've got to change our narrative. Get our whinging out and then exalt God. Amen? Taking time to fill our mind with God's word and rightly agree with who he is. When we grow in truth, we grow in knowledge. We have to grow in knowledge. We have to grow. We have to grow up. We have to grow up and stand on truth. Stop being tossed around by every wind of doctrine. Have an answer for people. Have a resolution, a resolve. No, I know who I am and I know who God is. And I'm fighting that fight. Amen. To love God with my mind means meditating on the truths of his word. It involves taking time to fill your mind with God's word. Taking time, taking time, taking time, taking time. I haven't got time. Taking time to fill your mind with God's word and agreeing with the paradigms of God's truth This includes refusing any lies about God's nature. 
We refuse any lies about God's nature. We gain revelation and understanding of God's love and beauty by meditating on them, meditating on God's word. <clears throat> Mark 12, 30 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's a lot of alls. That's a lot of alls, isn't it? You know, and this is the first commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. Do we love him with all our heart? You know, the Bible says, really, in my Father's house are many rooms. We are the Father's house. There's many rooms inside my heart, like a house, and many of those rooms are shut doors. Many of those rooms I would rather keep in darkness. Many of those rooms I would rather Jesus not come into. Anybody have a, ha- a room in their house like that? If you've got visitors, shut the door. Anybody got one of those drawers in their kitchen? Open every other drawer but not that one. That's my junk drawer. I don't let Jessie near my junk drawer when she comes to sort my house. Jessie, don't touch my junk drawer. I know where everything is in that junk drawer. She did get rid of it, actually. She did, she did get rid of it. Oh, thank you, my darling. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Peppermint tea for my yucky chest. So we all have these junk drawers, right? We all have these rooms that we just shut the door when anybody comes around. And we come to church and we will display the rooms that are nice, right? But this, don't touch it. Don't touch that part. But the Word of God says here that you're going to, you need to love God with all your heart. Then he knows what's in those rooms anyway. It's so silly, isn't it? We think we can hide. We think that we're still in the Garden of Eden hiding from God. But we can't hide. It's like he's got x-ray vision, people. He looks in. He sees into us. That's what intimacy is. Into me you see. Intimacy. Into me you see. He sees in. He sees it. And he's saying, come on, give me that room. You can't carry it around any longer. There's so much junk in that room. It's like a hoarder's house. You know, we just need to bring the tip truck in. We need to just shovel that stuff out of there. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) How can we love God if our heart has got so many rooms that he hasn't even been allowed to get in yet? With all your heart, with all your soul. What about our soul realm? How many demons still live in there? How many strongholds still live in there? How many belief systems still live in our soul as our mind, our will, and our emotions? How can we possibly have good emotions if our soul is full of crap? Is that a swear word? Anyway, I said it. How can, how can we have a healthy mind if our mind is full of crap? Huh? Crap. How can we function in a good will and use our will for God if our will has got chains around it that's pulling us in all directions? He wants to give us the truth that sets us free. And we're so scared. 
We're so scared of real truth, deep truth. So scared of change. I'm surviving like this. Just want to keep all my rooms in order. Because I know if anybody touches one of these places in my heart, I'm just going to crack. I'm just going to fall apart and I won't be who I am. Or you'll come and change me so much that I won't know who I am anymore. That, that is such a lie. Such a lie. God wants to restore you to original intent. He wants to, like you're every good parent, he just wants to take away the things that give you pain. He wants to wash away the memories. He wants to change your DNA, the things that have been stamped on you for generations. He wants to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not doing what my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents did. Amen? He loves it. He loves you so much. Phil and I and a few other people, I think Julie and Andrew are doing it again. I think this is your second, third time. Um, who else is doing it? Anyway, heaps of people are doing this devotion by John Eldridge, uh, 30 Days to Resilient. I would highly recommend it to you, and I'm going to give you some info on it in a minute. We put it in the newsletter. Uh, we're trying to get it out there. 30 days to resilient. And what it does, it systematically starts to change the way you think. It's twice a day. It's eight minutes in the morning, eight minutes at night. Make time. Surely you can give God 16 minutes a day, right? And it is really brilliant, I'm telling you. It is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think I'm up to about day 10. And some of the things I'm going to take you through this morning have to do with that course. Because he says this in John Eldridge, every person needs a narrative to explain the world as they see it. We need to explore our own convictions of the story we find ourselves in. In the midst of increasing deception, we must be able to stand on key truths and defend truth in our mind. And let's look at some key truths this morning. I need to move along here, uh, but I really want to dig into this. Who wants to dig into this with me? Who's ready? Have I, have I amped you up enough? Come on. Hallelujah. So the three truths that we want to look at today, who is God? Who am I? And what is the story I'm living in? Who is God? Who am I? And what is the story I am living in? Today, let's bring our hearts and our minds into full alignment with the truth. Amen? Number one, who is God? What do I believe about who God is? I think something we can do is read the Nicene Creed as to the beliefs that we have as Christians, just as a... a, a starting place. Okay, let's read this together, the Nicene Creed. You ready? After three. One, two, three. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all ages. God of God, light of light, 
Very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father through whom all things were made, whom for us and for our salvation came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, who for us too was crucified under Pontius Pilate, suffered and was buried. The third day he rose according to the scriptures, ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom shall know no end. And in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who together with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life in the age to come. Amen. So there's just basic truth to start with. Amen? You've got to know that th- those things. And you've got to war over who is God, who is God, who is God all the time. Number two, who am I? <clears throat> we struggle so much with the truth of our own identity. We read words like how wide, how deep, how high the love of God really is for us, but we don't really believe it. We've been infiltrated with lies and it is difficult to know truth when it is blocked by lies. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to change the narrative in our minds. I love this. Psalm 51.6 says, Behold, you desire truth in the inner being. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my inmost heart. Inner being or the inmost heart in Hebrew is, is translated as the locked place or the shut place. Powerful. So let's read that scripture again with that in mind. Behold, you desire truth in my locked place, in my shut place. Make me therefore to know wisdom in my locked place, in my shut place. Huh? Huh? powerful, isn't it? I love that. John 6.13 says, however, when the spirit went, sorry, when he, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. We have within us, not just the Father, not just Jesus, but we have the Holy Spirit within us, the Spirit of truth. We actually have the Spirit of truth living inside of us. And if we allow him to... The Word of God says that he will guide us into all truth. That's why he's here, to keep us on the right track, to watch us go through our transformation journey, 
to be alongside us, the Bible says, like a paraclete, one who walks with me. He's with me. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will give you the Holy Spirit. Why did he say, I'll not leave you as orphans? Because we have such an orphan mentality. But I will give you the Holy Spirit. Amen? And he will guide you into all truth. He will unravel the lies that have formed you and shaped you and formed your worldview and your narrative. He will take what has been written over your book and he will wipe it clean through my blood and expose the truth that is written about you. Amen? Hallelujah. The spirit of truth. So just say these things with me that I put onto the screen and say it like a prayer, okay? So these things, all together, ready? Holy Spirit, I consecrate my mind to you. Just sit on that. Just think about that for a minute. We're consecrating our minds to the Holy Spirit. Next one. All my mental life, I give you my thoughts, I give you my focus, I give you my attention, I give you my memory, I give you, is it up there? Recall, I give you my understanding. How powerful is that? I give you my memory. See, when we, we allow the Holy Spirit to infiltrate these parts of our mind, he's going into those rooms, right? I give you my memory. I give you my recall. See, the recall that we have of our memory sometimes is warped as well. It's true. I give you my understanding. Next one. I give you my imagination. Isn't it amazing if we can consecrate, we ask the Holy Spirit to consecrate our imagination, then our imagination opens up to the realms of the Spirit where the enemy has tried to shut that down. Amen? Next one, I consecrate to you, Lord, my interpretation of events in my life. Huge. So huge. I'm going to ask Julie to put these points into the newsletter so that you've got these points, right? I consecrate to you, Lord, the interpretation of the events in my life. We can interpret them so wrong. If we could interpret every event in our life as something that's making me more like Jesus, from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory, if we can, like uh, Paul, I thank God for the trials and the tribulations because they've made me more like Christ. I mean, I thank God for what I went through in my life because it's made me love more. It's made me more compassionate. It's made me want to help people. It's made me want to give my life for people. So that it's made me want to stand in the gap for my family and say, it stops here. None of you are going to have to go through that because someone's drawing a line. Do you know what I mean? I want to interpret the events of my life. The next one, I dedicate the life of my mind to you, Lord, and to you alone. Next one, Holy Spirit of truth. You were given to lead me in truth. You search my innermost being, my shut place. (laughs) I'm asking you now to reveal to me the agreements I have made making lies in my life. I've been making with lies in my life. 
the agreements I have been making with the lies in my life. How many times do we agree? Yeah, how many times do we agree? When we make an agreement, it's like it builds a stronghold, right? So we've got to come with opposing things. Next one, show me, Lord, the lies that I've been entertaining recently. Next one, show me, Lord, the lies which have their roots deep in my past. That's a scary one. That's a very scary one. But I want to say this. When you begin to pray prayers like this, when you begin to be willing to open up the shut places, Jesus The Holy Spirit, Father God, are so kind. They are so gentle. The Bible says that they will never take us through anything that they first don't give us the strength for. I found any time Jesus wanted to look at a shut place in my heart, that he would come first and he would love on me. Just love on me. And I'd feel so safe. He's not going to come and, and assault you. He's coming to heal you, but he wants to make sure that you feel safe in his investigations, that you're not being um, made completely vulnerable, completely exposed. Do you know what I mean? He, 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 He makes it intimate and secret and beautiful and personal just for you. Amen especially with the deep roots of your past. He knows how painful it is. He's walked amongst us after all. Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. It's a prayer of David. I love that prayer. So as an ongoing tool to help you in this journey, because what I'm doing is I'm opening something up for you. I'm opening up a page of your book. I'm opening up some ideas for you today. Rome wasn't built in the day. And, you know, what's taken 64 years of my life to get there might take a little bit of time to get out. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we've got to be gracious and kind to ourselves. And we've got to love ourselves right now in this moment. If we can't love ourselves right now in this moment, it's going to be hard to look deeper into the places where we definitely don't love ourselves, where we think God doesn't love us. So we've got to know that God loves me right now. We need that revelation but this is an ongoing tool to help you on this journey, and we recommend this 30-day devotion. So this is the Pause app that's up there. So it's a free app, and you go into your phone, you search Pause. It looks like that. You just press on it, and you join it. It's free, absolutely free. They're not going to ask you for money later on. It's free. This is a free service that John Eldridge is giving people, and we need to take part of it. It's amazing. When you go into the app, there's one-minute pauses there, as well as this 30-day to resilient 30-day course. 
Don't do the one-minute pauses for now. You can do those later. Just go into the 30 days resilient and start it. And I'm telling you, if you can do eight minutes morning and night, it will begin to change this and begin to change this because it's the absolute truth that's going in. And it's so gentle. It's so restful. We have to make sure that we stay in rest to hear God. We don't strive to get better. We don't strive to dig up all the junk inside of us. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to us as we stay in rest and we stay in love. Amen? And so that is so beautiful. Don't do it while you're driving your car, while you're cooking dinner. Um, You could crash or you could burn your gin. No. Don't do it while you're doing other things. Give God eight minutes in the morning and eight minutes at night totally focused on him with no distractions. I get in a comfy chair. Phil likes to do it when he wakes up in the morning first thing and he just lays in bed and does the morning one. He lays in bed and does the night one before he goes to sleep. I find it really difficult to do that first thing in the morning. I have to get up, have a shower, sit in a comfortable chair, do some deep breathing, get rid of everything and then do it. And at night as well, just before I go to bed, but I can't lay in bed and do it or I fall asleep. So I'd rather just be alert and awake and I do it like that. And it is so profound. And in one of, these thi- one of the things that he does is, the, is this exercise, what I took you through before about consecrating your mind to the Holy Spirit. By about day five, he starts doing that. And the other thing that he does is what's called um, benevolent detachment. And he gets you in a place where you say, Lord, I give everything and everyone to you. And then he says, just go through anything or anyone that you need to give to God right now. Well, I have to press pause on the pause because he gives you this much time. I need this much time, right? Just every day. I didn't realize how much I carry Um, in my everyday life, how many people I carry, how many things I carry. And it's so beautiful. You're just giving it to him twice a day. You're giving him everything and everyone. And give it to you, God. Lift it up. It's so beautiful. So I want to recommend that. You've got a paper and a pen for the last few minutes in the front of your seat. Maybe under your seat. If you're in the front row. And we're just going to do a little exercise and then we'll be finished. Yeah, you can, Jill. That would be great. <clears throat> just you. Just the piano. Thanks. Okay, everybody got a pen and a paper? You can lean on the, um, on the Vision Builders brochure as long as you don't draw on it and you put it back. <laughs> so we're going to do a declaration of truth. What truth do you need to hold on to when you think about God and what has been hard for you to believe about God. So I'm going to ask you these questions and I'm going to, I want you to write down, yes, I absolutely believe this or there are times where I don't believe it and this is what I need to work on. 
you might just write down a few things that you need to work on, right? Ready? This is your first one. God is good, always entirely good. Just write down. What do you need to hold on to when you think about God? And what is hard for you to believe about God? So you might go, yeah, God is good, but is he always entirely good? I don't know. You know, when I went through that time, was God good? Mm, I'm doubting that. And so you write it down. And these are the things you're going to take to the Holy Spirit when you get home in your meditation times. Say, well, I believe this, but I probably need to work on that. Okay, the next one, and this is just a short exercise to show you how we change our minds. Here's the next one. God is loving, always entirely loving. Now think about it. Do you believe that God is loving? We probably all say yes, God is love. But is he always entirely loving? Does he love me when I'm bad? Does he love me when I'm not working hard enough to please him? Does he love me when I've had a bad hair day? Do you know what I'm saying? Always entirely loving? How does that, what does that mean to you? You might want to put something like, I don't believe God is always entirely loving when I'm in sin, that he couldn't love me like that. And then you need to take that back to the Word of God and see what the Word of God says. That while we were still sinners, God sent his only son. While we were still sinners, he called us by name. While we were still sinners, he saw us and he loved us. Next one, God is deeply involved in the cares of my life. Is that a truth to you? Or do you struggle a little with that? Sometimes we think God is not deeply involved in the cares of my life if I'm not working hard enough for Him, if I haven't prayed enough. Why would God care about my life if I haven't given him the time of day? So many lies. What does it trigger inside of you when you read that? God is deeply involved in the cares of my life. He's even deeply involved in the cares of our lives that we've do to ourselves the mistakes that we make he's so involved thank you Jesus next one God is in control is that a truth for you all the time 
or are there times where you feel like you have to take control yourself? Or that the enemy's in control? Or the world narrative is in control? Is that a truth you need to war over? So the next one, <laughs> shame. He started. He started. Can't do it while you're sitting in church either. What truth do you need most to hang on to when it comes to who you are in God? And what truth do you need to struggle with and need to grow in? This is like talking about you now. So the first one is, I am loved. Are there areas in your life that you struggle with when you say, you're completely loved by God? I am loved. I am loved. Every part of me, my past, my present, my future, what areas do you struggle with when you hear, I am loved? You couldn't possibly love someone like me. You don't know who I am at home. Well, yes, he does. The next one, I am chosen. What do you feel like when you hear the words, I am chosen? You might think, well, I was chosen, but I blew it. Or I'm chosen, but I'm not walking it out. Or God only chooses the good people. But the Bible clearly says that you are chosen. The kings and priests, the Most High God, where His children. And the last one here, I am a beloved daughter or I am a beloved son. As Julie said before, do you feel like a slave that is working hard to try and please God? Or do you know deep, deep, deep in your heart that you are a daughter, that you are a son of God? Just write down any struggles you have with that statement. what do you need mostly to hang on to when it comes to the story God is telling? Remember, the battle is over the narrative. What do you need to remember about the narrative that is most true and what is difficult to believe? This is one point here that you need to think about. The story of God is now, always has been, and will always be the story of the world. 
Do you truly believe that deep down? God's in everything, everywhere, created all things. It's His story that's playing out. No one's taken charge of the story of God. It's His story. And it's playing out all around us. Do you doubt that at times? Second last one, I stand on the absolute truth of the Word of God. Just say yes or no. And if there's things that you struggle with on the absolute truth of the Word of God, write them down and do some research. Study it. Do a word search. This one, whatever I may face, I trust God. Whatever I may face, I trust God. Are there areas that you would say, well, if this happened, I couldn't trust God? What if you were in Israel right now and your children had been carted off by Hamas? Would you trust God? It's a tough one. Whatever I face, I trust God. We're going to have to have that in this day that we live in. And the last one, my future is absolutely wonderful. Can you look into the future and see a future? Or are you scared to look into the future because you think it's... Some people have been lied to that they're going to die young. No, you need to break those lies. I have a future and I have a hope. My future is absolutely wonderful. No matter what happens in this world, the future is in God's hands. You have to read the end of the book. We win. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So just take those pieces of paper in your hand. You can revisit those when you get home. Don't just throw them away. Let's stand to our feet and hold them. I wonder if the team could come, the worship team could come. One of the the things that I do for truth is that if I hear a lie, I like to ask Jesus, what do you say about that, Jesus? And either I will go to the Word or I will go to the conviction of Him speaking to me within myself, of the Holy Spirit. What do you say about that? And when you hear truth that comes from Him or truth that comes from the Word, it just crushes that lie. Crushes that lie. You may have to do it a hundred times before that lie is completely done. Because how many times does that lie come into your life? Sometimes you can deal with a lie here and it has a, it has a ripple effect right through. And that's gone. Don't even feel it anymore. That's how powerful truth is. Amen. 
So hold on to those pieces of paper, lift your eyes to heaven. Hold them up in your hands like this. Say, Father God, help us to walk in all truth. We declare war against every lie, against every deception. And we declare, God did say, I am made in the image of God. God is the ultimate creator of heaven and earth. And I worship Him with all my mind, with all my heart, with, my, with all my heart, my mind, and my strength. Is that right? Heart, mind, soul, strength. Heart, mind, soul, strength. In Jesus' Name. I commit this 30-day course Say this, I commit this 30-day course to you, God, and I will be a different person come January. In Jesus' Name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Come on, let's sing. Big, big.